Welcome to the Avoiding Divorce Podcast. My name is Steve and I want to welcome you to and thank you for listening to today's episode. Just a quick reminder, we do have a email address, avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. That's avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. Please feel free to email us. Let us know about your situation or if you have any comments or questions feel free to email them to that to that address and we will um, take that under consideration for future podcasts that's avoiding divorce at gmail.com and once again thanks for listening welcome to episode six of avoiding divorce before we get into today's episode i just wanted to say to the listeners of this podcast, thank you. And I apologize for the uh, current delay in new episodes. I do want to let you know that there are new episodes on the way, um, and they will be coming in a more consistent uh, way and in a more consistent time. I obviously had some disruptions in the recording of these due to the coronavirus, Um, but hopefully those disruptions are behind us and we can get back to uh, helping those of you out there that are looking for answers in your situation where your spouse may have come to you and said that they wanted a divorce. If you haven't listened to the first five podcasts, uh, f- first five episodes of this podcast, then I highly suggest you go back and listen to those. Um, a quick recap um, of things that we've covered in the past, which I think are, are really important to uh, those that may have heard from their spouse that their spouse wants out of the marriage. When I was looking for answers and in, in, in direction, In my own situation, I found that very few podcasts dealt with the situation of trying to avoid divorce. There were podcasts about divorce support. There was podcasts about moving on, a lot of other podcasts. But for those of us struggling in the days following hearing the the words from our spouse that they want a divorce or they want out of the marriage, there weren't a lot of resources out there from a podcast standpoint. And so I set about to try to correct that with this podcast. And in previous episodes, we've talked about how to react to that, that we should take the focus off of our spouse that's walking away from the marriage and put it on ourselves, that we should try to recapture that life that we had prior to marrying our spouse, that we should look at this is an opportunity to take a real hard, long look at ourselves and any weaknesses we have and try to fix those. And then to relearn how to be happy by ourselves. And so those are some of the things that we really need to be focusing on in the days following the revelation from our spouse that they want a divorce or that they want out of the marriage. Now today we're going to talk about a topic that usually comes up pretty quickly in most situations, and that is, what about if there's an affair involved? Unfortunately, 
in 99% of the cases when a spouse decides that they want to end a marriage is because that there's somebody else involved. Now, whether this is the uh, left-behind spouse finding out about an affair and, and thinking that that's a deal-breaker and that they can't uh, possibly ever trust their cheating spouse again and decide to end the marriage, or whether that is the spouse that is walking away from the marriage uh, doing so because they want to be with this new person um, that doesn't really matter. Um, the unfortunate side effect is that usually when there's a breakdown in the marriage, it's not too long before one or both spouses turn to members of the opposite sex outside of the marriage and affairs are very common in the breakup of a marriage. In fact, when a left-behind spouse comes to me to uh, talk about their situation, a lot of times they will start out by saying that there's no one else involved, that their spouse is not involved in an affair. And when I listen to them and, and give them feedback, I warn them that more than likely there is someone else and that they need to be ready for that other shoe to drop. And so if you're listening to this podcast and your spouse has come to you and said they want out of the marriage and you're convinced that there's no affair involved in their wanting out of the marriage, I encourage you to brace yourself for the revelation that there is somebody else that they're leaving you for. Because oftentimes that, when that knowledge comes to light, the left-behind spouse spirals out of control and, um, you know, is not ready for that revelation. So unfortunately, in the vast majority of the cases, by time a spouse is ready to walk away from a marriage, it's probably because they've met somebody else or are involved with somebody else and that's emboldening them to leave the marriage. And usually there's a lot of signs there, and, and we won't get into the, the signs of the affair because I think it's more important to focus on what you should be doing if there is an affair involved in your situation. And in the first segment today, we're going to concentrate on physical affairs. And in the second segment, we'll talk about emotional affairs. So what if there is a physical affair involved in your situation? Well, first of all, if you're coming to this podcast, more than likely uh, you're trying to hold things together for your marriage. And you're looking at a future possible reconciliation with your spouse. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but there's really no other way to say this. But if your spouse is involved in an affair, the likelihood of reconciling while they're involved with that person is pretty much nil. There's very little percentage chance that while they're involved with that person, that they're going to be open to the idea of reconciliation with you in saving the marriage and certainly working on the marriage. 
The reason for that is because if you think back to when you met your spouse and you fell in love, do you remember that feeling? Do you remember that euphoria? Do you remember that feeling of butterflies in your stomach and and that feeling you got any time that you thought about your significant other when you were apart? That feeling of seeing them again after being apart? All of those feelings that go into the start of a new relationship. Well, that's what your spouse is feeling right now with their affair partner. It's new. It's exciting. Even the, the idea that it's forbidden adds a sense of adventure and a sense of intrigue to it. And so your spouse is caught up in this euphoria. They're caught up in this limerence phase of the affair. And they're more than likely not interested in anything related to saving the marriage or working on the marriage. We talked a little bit about this in the last episode with whether or not marriage counseling was a good idea or, good idea or not. And that's because working on the marriage is something that two people that are committed to the marriage do. But when one person is involved with somebody else, there's little chance that they're going to actually be interested in working on the marriage. So when there's a physical affair involved, there's a few things that you really need to do. Number one, you need to really stop trying to save the marriage because your spouse is not in the same place. And that's where focusing on yourself becomes so important that you need to recapture that life that you had before you met your spouse, that you need to work on self-improvements and improving yourself, and you need to relearn how to be happy by yourself. All of that becomes so important if there's a physical affair. The other thing that you need to do if there's a physical affair is you need to stop all affection and physicality with your cheating spouse. And this is something that a lot of left behind, left behind spouses struggle with because if the cheating spouse is willing to be physical with you, sometimes we see that as a sign of things changing. Really, the, really it isn't. In fact, the general rule in our situations is that if you're, you know, first of all, you should never initiate affection and physicality, including sex with your walkaway spouse. And if they initiate it, it's okay to engage in it as long as there's no physical affair, as long as you attach no significance or meaning to that. And we'll talk about that more in a future uh, podcast episode, but the, I, the the point for us today is if that your spouse is involved physically with somebody else, then you should not be engaging in any affection or physicality regardless of who initiates it. If they initiate it, you turn it down because first and foremost, you need to protect yourself and your physical health. And if they're involved in, with somebody else, then certainly you uh, should not be putting yourself at risk for STDs 
and, and other physical ailments. So if there's a physical affair involved, and that's the reason that your walkaway spouse is walking away from the marriage, then you really need to stop trying to save the marriage and focus on you even, even more so than you would if there was no physical affair. And you need to make sure that, that you're not engaging in any uh, affection or physicality with them, including sexual relations while they're involved with that person. So the question that you might have is, well, then what can I do to try to save the marriage? Well, the only thing that you can really do is try to wait out the physical affair. The limerence stage of a, a new relationship really varies in its length. Sometimes it lasts as little as a few days. Sometimes it lasts a few months. But one thing that you need to understand is that a physical affair will usually run its course. There's a very low percentage chance of a relationship that started in lies and deception from becoming a long-term relationship. And while there are exceptions to that and there are uh, walkaway spouses that eventually do marry their affair partner, that tends to be the vast minority of the cases, not the majority of the cases. So if a physical affair is not a deal breaker for you, then waiting it out sometimes can work and you can let that affair run its course. Sometimes the walkaway spouse, once that affair is over, will uh, decide that they made a mistake that, and they ha show contrition, they show remorse, and they're willing to come back to the, to the marriage. However, I would caution you that in those cases that you don't make the path back n without any obstacles for them. One of the things that I haven't talked a lot about, and it's very important when it comes to there being a physical affair and even an emotional affair involved, is being plan B for your spouse. Being the backup plan for your walkaway spouse is not a fun place to be in. And it's not something that you should really encourage. In fact, one of the best things that you can do and one of the reasons that you should be focusing on yourself and not necessarily focusing on saving the marriage is because you kind of want to remove yourself as the backup plan. Uh, sometimes removing yourself as the backup plan for your spouse can... Uh, wake them up and make them realize what they're losing um, and make them question what they're doing. Now, I wouldn't count on that as a tactic. The whole, th the, the whole thing about some of these tactics that we're giving to you and we'll make this a subject of a future podcast episode is that you should never be doing things to manipulate your spouse back to the marriage. So, you really should remove yourself as plan B because that's not something that you want to be. And if it has the side effect of waking your spouse up and making them question what they're doing, so be it. But you really should make sure that when you res remove yourself as plan B, as their backup plan, that there's obstacles in their way of coming back. 
things that you're going to require for them to come back in order to see just how committed to coming back to the marriage they are. Things like uh, full transparency on coming back, on being involved in the review of a communication to the affair partner that the affair is over and that your spouse wants nothing to do with them. Things like that are, are good next steps in reconciling after a physical affair, assuming that that's something that you're open to. I want to repeat here that there's nothing wrong with seeing a physical affair as a deal breaker and not wanting to reconcile. And in fact, one of the, th the mistakes that I see a lot of left-behind spouses make is when their walkaway spouse is involved in a physical affair, a lot of times the left-behind spouse has made that a deal-breaker all along, but they drop that as a deal-breaker once they realize that their walkaway spouse has crossed that line. You need to really question that and ask yourself, what does that teach your walkaway spouse? If you've always said you would not tolerate a... A, a physical affair, then what does it teach them if suddenly you're giving up on that as a deal breaker? So when there's a physical affair involved, there's really no way to save the marriage while your spouse is involved in that physical affair. And even after they are willing to end the physical affair, there are things that you need to put into place to make sure uh, that they're not just waltzing back into your life because when you do that, you're setting yourself up to be cheated on again. So really, the question that I want to leave you with in this segment is if your spouse is involved in a physical affair, do you really want to be in a position of trying to trust a lying cheater in the future? Personally, I think physical affairs should be a deal breaker, that you should walk away in the case that your spouse has been physically intimate with a member of the, with somebody else, and uh, after they've taken vows of forsaking all others, um, in you know the start of your of your marriage, and at some point down the line they break that, stand up for yourself, and don't put up with that. But if you do decide to forgive them, make sure that you're putting things in place requirements for them coming back to the marriage, like ending all contact with the affair partner, agreeing to full transparency, agreeing to some serious marriage counseling to move forward from it, and maybe even individual counseling for them and for yourself. Now we're going to take a quick break and we will come back. We'll talk about how emotional affairs might be a little bit different than physical affairs and how you should be handling your situation if there's an emotional fear involved. Welcome back to the second segment of episode six of Avoiding Divorce. I want to thank you for listening. We're going to dive right into uh, this segment's topic, which is emotional affairs. Now an emotional affair is very much like a physical affair except there's no physical contact between the affair partners. And if you're involved in this or if your 
walkaway spouses involved in, in this sort of behavior, you need to understand that this is still infidelity. This is still cheating because uh, I like to prescribe to the uh, definition of cheating that it's doing something that you wouldn't do with your spouse standing right next to you. And I know that um, some people take issue with that definition, but but I think it's a pretty apt definition for uh, engaging in behavior that is detrimental to your marriage and that is uh, something that your spouse would not approve of, that, but that you do anyway. And I think emotional fears fall right into that category. Oftentimes with an emotional affair, all of the emotions of a physical affair are involved. But for whatever reason, the participants have not moved on to uh, being physical with one another. Maybe it's over a long distance, an online emotional affair. Uh, maybe it's early enough in the process that it hasn't moved to a physical affair. But usually all of the other markers of an affair are there. There's intimacy, there's sharing things that you would only share with or should only share with your spouse involved, and even uh, sexual innuendo and discussion um, and flirt, obviously flirtations and those sorts of things are typically involved. So obviously these are not things that we should be, be engaging in with somebody who is not our spouse. And part of the problems with emotional affairs is, is they fall into that gray area. Since there's no physical cheating involved, is it really a, is it really infidelity? Is it really an affair? And oftentimes the spouse that is caught in an emotional affair will use that as an offense. Well, we've never kissed, we've never uh, hugged, we've never held hands, we've never had sex, so it's not really an affair. But again, the problem is, is there's intimacy involved. There's uh, dynamics involved that should only go on between a husband and a wife, not a husband and some other woman or a wife and some other man. And so it's way too simplistic to just claim that it's not really an affair when there's so many emotions and so much intimacy involved. And in fact, in the last segment when we were talking about physical affairs, we talked about the fact that there's this limerence phase, that there's this uh, euphoria that the uh, people engaging in this type of activity uh, feel and, and, and experience. And the same can happen with emotional affairs. The other thing that I like to point out is emotional affairs are usually the precursor to a physical affair. I think there's very few physical affairs that just move to a, to a physical affair immediately. Usually there was a grooming period or a period where uh, the two participants got to know each other a little better. Um, usually it starts out with one or both talking about their current marriage or relationship and, and, and its failures and its, its shortcomings and how it's not fulfilling them. 
and there's camaraderie and there's this uh, mutual lending of a shoulder to cry on about the relationship problems that one or both are experiencing. And empathy begins to grow and sympathy begins to grow and they begin to um, commiserate more and more and then slowly it turns into well if we were together we wouldn't have that problem and you see that those that 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 slowly builds and I believe that if it goes unchecked where it's either not discovered by a partner or a spouse or um, that one or both participants don't eventually end it, that eventually it will move on to a physical affair. So I like to say that an emotional affair is simply a physical affair waiting to happen because if it goes on long enough, then it eventually it will move on to a physical affair. Now, whether or not it, it has moved, it progressed to that point or not, one thing to keep in mind that is that emotional affairs can be just as destructive and just as damaging to the marriage relationship as a physical affair can be. And in fact, from my own experience, I can say that one of the problems that a lot of times left behind spouses struggle with when there's an emotional affair involved is whether or not it would have progressed to a physical affair. The unknown about how far it would have went is something that you can struggle with, especially since the spouse that's involved in the emotional affair, I once again will use that as a defense to say, oh, no, 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 I wasn't going to let it progress. I would have never taken it there. I would have never uh, let it get to the physical point. And so the left-behind spouses is left with the struggle of trying to determine what the truth is. Would they have really prevented it from becoming physical, or would they have relented and let it become physical? And so there's no way to really dismiss an emotional affair as being uh, any less damaging or, or uh, any less of a concern than a physical affair. And in fact, all of the markers that we see with physical affairs are usually there with an emotional affair. Usually the spouse that's engaged in a physical affair in an emotional affair um, will behave the same way that a spouse in a physical affair will behave. Oftentimes they will pull away from their left-behind spouse and the marriage. They start to get distant. They start to become very protective of their smartphone or tablet or computer. Um, they start to um, behave in secretive ways. Um, Simple things like trips to the bathroom that take a long time. Um, so many different markers. Um, and in fact, there can be even physical markers. Suddenly a spouse that was not interested in 
self-grooming becomes interested in self-grooming again because even though they're not physically involved with their affair partner, they might be exchanging pictures or videos. And so they want to be, you know, well-groomed and look and look good. Um, so oftentimes the, the signs of a emotional affair are pretty close and similar to the signs of a physical affair. Um, sometimes the participants will um, have unexplained absences away from the house, um, be late from work because they're engaging in their emotional affair uh, in the parking lot or um, somewhere else that, you know, to, to hide it from their spouse. So while the emotional affair lacks a physical element to it between the two participants, it doesn't mean that it's any less damaging or a lot different than a physical affair. One area that it is different, though, is what we talked about in the first segment, when there's a physical affair involved, you want to make sure that you're protecting yourself physically so you don't want to engage in uh, affection and uh, sexual relations with a spouse that's involved physically with somebody else. Obviously, that prohibition does not apply to a situation where there's an emotional affair. And in fact, sometimes the spouse that's involved in an emotional affair will become much more interested in, in, in physicality with their spouse. Um, and unfortunately, it's not because of the left-behind spouse it's because they're thinking about what they want to do with their emotional affair partner. So you do kind of have to weigh that. It, do you want to be the outlet for their uh, pin-up frustrations that they might be feeling by not being physical with their affair partner yet? Um, but from a physical standpoint, there's no danger in engaging in uh, sexual relations with them is it, again as long as they're the ones that are initiating and that you're not attaching any uh, emotional significance or expectations uh, to them initiating that. The other thing to keep in mind with an emotional affair is that it's it too can prevent true reconciliation. So while the while the walkaway spouse is involved in the emotional affair, they're probably not going to be too interested in engaging in activities and behaviors um, that are engaging on working on the marital relationship. They're not going to be interested in attending marriage counseling. Um, even if they do let you drag them to marriage counseling, they're not going to be interested in engaging in the homework that the marriage counselor uh, uh, prescribes to you to do when you're not in the office with the marriage counselor. Um, they're definitely not feeling any sense of commitment to the marriage relationship. And then there's also the deception and lies that go along with a spouse that is involved in an emotional affair. Even though there's no physical contact between them and their affair partner yet, they're still in, engaging in deception and lies. And so 
all of that adds up to the fact that as long as there's an emotional affair being engaged in, it makes it nearly impossible to actually work on and improve the marriage relationship. So you need to make sure that you have the same type of parameters in place for a spouse that was involved in an emotional affair that you would with a, fi with a spouse that was involved in a physical affair. Things like uh, a cease and desist letter or email to the affair partner. Uh, full transparency of all electronic devices and, and where your spouse is at all times. Um, at least until they prove themselves trustworthy again. And certainly, um, you know, putting things in place like insisting that they work through their issues in individual counseling and that they attend marriage counseling with you um, are all things that, that you should consider instituting um, if and when your spouse is willing to end their emotional affair and work on the marriage again. Now one thing that is common between emotional affairs and physical affairs is that there needs to be a sense of contrition from your spouse. There needs to be a remorse for what they put you through. And I bring this up because one of the things that often occur when a spouse ends their physical or emotional affair is usually that is an addiction. They were addicted to that affair. And so they will go through a period of sadness and depression at the loss of the affair. And a lot of times left behind spouses confuse that for being sorry for what they've done. And you've got to be very careful with that. Um, it, there's positives and negatives to this, the spouse that was involved in an affair going through this period of a sense of loss and grief at the affair being over, whether it was a physical affair or an emotional affair. The positive is that that's usually a pretty good sign that the affair is really over. If you're spouse who is involved in an emotional or physical affair uh, claims that they've ended the affair but they never go through a period of mourning then you can question or whether or not that affair is really over almost in all cases there will be a period of depression and grief that they go through when they truly do in the affair or when their affair partner truly does in the affair. But the negative is, is that sometimes the left behind spouse can misconstrue that as being grief and remorse for having done what they did. And so you need to be uh, on guard for that and realize that their depression and grief might not be that they're sorry for what they did. They could, it could be that they're sorry that they got caught and that it's over. And so you need to proceed with the same caution with an emotional affair that you would with a physical affair when you are trying to reconcile with the spouse that was involved with the affair. And so, uh, you know, this 
concludes our episode on affairs, both physical and emotional. Um, I will tell you that we've only scratched the surface on these subjects. Um, feel free to reach out to us at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com with any questions or comments related to this topic. Um, I will tell you that there will probably be future episodes that will uh, touch, you know, at, cover these topics because they're, they are so big. What we attempted to, to do in today's episode is just talk about how you might want to proceed when there is an affair involved. So as always, we look for your questions and comments at avoidingdivorce at gmail.com. We thank you for listening and continue to do whatever you can to avoid divorce.